Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. So, Teresa. Mm-hmm. Am I allowed to call you crazy now? Why? Remember when you told me that going to Galaxy's Edge in the first month of opening would be kind of crazy? I believe I said first year. First year? Oh, wow. We're yeah. extending that. I think I did. But <laughs> yes. And I still decided to do it. I still decided mm-hmm. to be crazy. But then what happened? I don't know. What happened? I don't know. I feel like you got a little bit of crazy. I think I might have gotten a little bit of crazy. So we were trying to get reservations just like everybody else. And I was doing it just to do it for fun. Just to see what would happen and what the page looked like. And I was like, I'll Instagram this. Blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, well, I'm on the page. I'm in here. I might as well make a reservation. (laughs) (laughs) For an unplanned Disney trip uh, to Disneyland during the same month I would be going to Disney World. So I think I might be a little crazier than you, so... Yeah, you leapfrogged me. I know, I know. Uh, so I'm going about a week before you are. <laughs> you are, yes. We are We are both going within the first month. You are going a week before me. Um, but it's cool because we both get to go see Galaxy's Edge now. So now when, when we get back and we podcast, we can both talk about the experience and not just you asking me how it went. That's true. That's so. true. That That is good. That is good. Um, mine's going to be a little bit crazier than yours, though, because I'm in Anaheim for less than 24 hours. That is that is kind of crazy. So, yeah. But, I mean, I get it, though. You do I've what done, you have I've to done do. similar things, so I can't, I can't blame you. But, yeah, you can officially call me crazy. It's okay. I'm glad. I'm glad I can call you crazy now, because now we can be <laughs> crazy together, just one week apart. It'll be interesting, too, to see if things change between when I'm there and when you're there and how they're doing stuff, you know? Yeah. It'll be interesting to compare experiences mm-hmm. and see kind of what what we're able to do in that short amount of time and uh, kind of what, like, you know, how is it how easy is it going to be to get on the Millennium Falcon ride or how long are the lines going to be at the restaurants? I've seen that it's going to be ridiculous. Although I think that they, those reservation slots, they did it for far low or far below the capacity of the land. So that way the people that are getting reservations have a decent experience because if they did it to full capacity, like we're screwed. I hope you're right about that. I do hope that they, I really hope I'm right too. They took that into consideration because yeah, the, the idea of kind of, walking around this place for the first time shoulder to shoulder with people or, you know. And, es- and especially if it's at capacity because, like, the reservations overlap by an hour. So for that first hour, it's going to be, like, I don't know, stacked if it was to capacity. You right. know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know. Like, it, like I said, it'll just be interesting to see. Did you see that they're limiting the number of like coca-cola bottles you can get yeah like three, you get you can get three three per, per person purchase. yeah three per person per transaction or something like yeah. that although my trip will probably be a little different than yours my my time is from 8 p.m to midnight which mm-hmm. is what i picked and then because i figured maybe there'll be less people <laughs> i don't know and then I'm only going with Sarah and Richard Woloski from Skywalking Through Neverland. You have like this whole big giant group thing happening. Well, about you have three people. I have six people. So it's not like that big of a group. But It's yeah. like doubled though, you know, and like trying to make sure everybody's together to like do everything or whatever. Yeah. We've already had that discussion on the, you know, is it every man for himself in certain situations? And oh, yes. it totally is. Uh, totally. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but I mean, the idea of them limiting the Coke things, I think that's kind of funny, but I get it that they will be a bit of a collectible, especially at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm not imagining anyone going in there and like buying crate fulls of these things. Um, I am. Maybe I'm underestimating people, but I was planning just to get one. I was going to go grab a Coke one cause I thought that would be kind of cool to have as a collectible. Um, but I, I wasn't planning on trying to, to purchase beyond the limit anyway, so. So, You're going to drink it, right? Yeah, I would drink it, and then I would just keep the bottle as a collectible. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming it's like a plastic bottle. So. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm excited. It's not very far away. It's um, like 16 days until it opens. Yeah, 16 days till it opens, and about a month until I go, and less than that for when you go. So, yeah, we'll mm-hmm. both be able to experience Batu. <laughs> your, fa- <laughs> your favorite planet name. Well, you, you get to be on Batu before me. Oh, God, no. <laughs> We're here to talk about some other stuff, though, because there's some really cool book announcements that just happened um, that we just missed right as we released our last episode. Uh, we knew that the journey to Star Wars, um, The Rise of Skywalker was coming, but we didn't know any of the titles. And then right as we released our last episode, they announced them. So, yep. so now we are a bit behind, but now we have all the information. And I thought it would be kind of cool to look through some of these titles and talk about the descriptions and see what we might be excited for. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's do it. So do you want me to kind of, I know you're, you're having some like allergy slash throat issues. So do you want me to read these or do you want to jump in and read some of them? You're guiding most of this until we get to our discussion because I'm trying to save it. Okay. I'll, I'll chime in. All right. You chime in. I'll do the, uh, I'll do the heavy voice lifting. I don't think our, our listeners want to hear this the whole show. <coughs> <laughs> yeah. Utilize that mute button. Yes. All right. So, yeah, we kind of start here. Um, go down the list. We're not going to cover every single book they announced because with these journey to, um, you know, publishing programs, they tend to have, you know, sticker books and activity books for kids and things like that that um, we're going to kind of skip over. So if you want the full list, you can go to StarWars.com. And they have a rundown of everything. But we're going to kind of talk through some of the ones that are a little bit more um, relevant or exciting to us. And the first one is the adult novel from Del Rey. And this one is called Rise, or no, this one's called Resistance Reborn. Did you see the cover for this one? This is the one with, with like po, sexy Poe on the front. Like big, yeah, big head yes, Poe. And then everybody else is no, really small. No, it's sexy Poe on well, the I mean, front. Yeah, it's it's all relative, but I'm saying he has a, they have him prominently on this cover, so it kind of maybe they're hinting that it's kind of a focused Poe story. I don't know, but the design is really cool because you have the rebellion logo kind of like hidden in there. It's not really hidden, but it is kind of hidden because you know what? I don't think I noticed it until just now. Oh, I mean, I wasn't looking that closely at the cover before. This is kind of my first time taking a really close look at it, but yeah, that. I like how the rebellion symbol is kind of like right behind Finn, and it's got this like um, almost like a lens flare coming off of it. Mm-hmm. Cool. And were they introducing an author? Yes. So this author is Rebecca Roanhorse. And are you familiar? Have you read no. any of her stuff? Okay. Mm-hmm. I have not either. But uh, the description is In this journey to Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker novel, Poe Dameron, General Leia Organa, Ray and Finn must struggle to rebuild the resistance after their defeat at the hands of the first order in Star Wars, the last Jedi. So not a lot, not a lot. (laughs) They didn't really tell us much there, but the idea that these characters will be all working together um, is pretty cool. So, and this one will come out on, Oh my gosh, I'm looking at the number and I'm like, what month is that? What month is 11? November. (laughs) November 12th of 2019. (laughs) That was hard. That was hard. Okay. So this one's coming out a little bit before release date of the movie. So we'll have at least a month to to read this one before the movie comes out. That's pretty cool. Um, So another one that's coming out is called Force Collector. And this one is a young adult novel coming from Disney Lucasfilm Press. um, Written by Kevin Shinnick. And it says... In this journey to Star Wars, the rise of Skywalker young adult novel set just before The Force Awakens, 
a restless teenager sets out to discover what connection his mysterious force powers have to the fabled Jedi and what the force has in store for him. Yeah, I'm not excited about this one because I feel like it diminishes Ray. Hmm. You know, because it's like, oh, and here's another force person, you know. Yeah. Although like I'm sure there has to be more than just Ray, but like I don't know. Yeah, I I'm a, I'm kind of excited for this one because I like the idea of there being more force users out there because you got to think, you know, they're setting Ray up. We don't know what she's been doing since the last Jedi, but the assumption is that, you know, with her taking the books and kind of taking the reins of the Jedi kind of from Luke that there would be some, you know, maybe she's going to start training people or trying to find more force users. Um, so the idea that they're introducing a possible, you know, character that, that would be among them is kind of interesting. Uh, I hadn't thought about that. Okay. So, yeah, I, this is one that um, probably out of all the announcements, I would say that this was, would be kind of one of the more interesting ones for me. But we'll see how this kid is. I don't know. Because I can, I can love or hate some of these younger characters. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes it takes time for them to grow on me. So we'll see, depending on how they portray this guy, uh, how well I'll like him. But I do like the idea of him being kind of a force user that has not been trained and kind of trying to discover. Like the picture that they have on the cover, you know, he's got like, you know, he's got like a lightsaber and he's got like different things that he's been collecting. Um in the title force collector. So I, I think it would be kind of cool to find out more. He even has a stormtrooper helmet. So it's almost like Ezra. He doesn't have a lightsaber. Oh, he does. He does. It's kind of like <laughs> hidden. See, look, and we're finding hidden, hidden things. He has all a, he has a thermal, not a thermal detonator, but the, the trainer thing. Yeah. The trainer orb thing. And he's got a goffy stick. Uh, so yeah, who knows? And it's, it looks like he's on kind of like a desert planet. So maybe this is Tatooine. They're all on desert planets now. Like everyone. <laughs> but the Gaffy stick on a desert planet would kind of indicate Tatooine. But I'm not going to assume that though. All right. And so this one comes out on November 19th of 2019. Yes. Um, the next one is Marvel Comics. They're doing a miniseries called Allegiance. A description says, On the run since the destruction of the Starkiller base, General Leia and the remaining handful of Resistance have barely managed to survive, much less strike back against the superior forces of the First Order. Running low on options, Leia decides to reach out to her former allies, the Mon Calamari, whose shipyards once powered the Rebel Alliance. Hmm. So, Akbar's people. <laughs> <laughs> wonder if they're gonna be ticked that he's dead they probably know i don't know we don't know like if this is just right on the heels maybe they haven't found out yet maybe that's like part of the thing there she like shows up and says hey i um i need some ships by the way your your dude is dead wow she's got to like fight with them about like they want they want to give her ships or not i don't know i think you're just making stuff up now just i'm just me well i mean obviously because i haven't read it yet (laughs) anything interesting in that one for you i don't know this one doesn't seem as interesting no not really it starts in december or not december i can't do dates my sick brain is getting to me it's in october it's the four weeks in october (laughs) and they don't have a cover for this one yet either so it just kind of has this this like black cover on the uh, on the the Star Wars dot com article. Um, this next one is kind of cool looking. The uh, We Are the Resistance. You see that the cover for that one's a golden book. Mm-hmm. I know you like these kind of books. Oh look, it even has the new droid on there. Mm-hmm. Which I can't remember his name. Dio. Dio. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, this one is from Random House Kids, and the author is Elizabeth Schaefer, um, illustrated by Alan Baston, and this is a little golden book, uh, so it's got a cute kind of cover with all the, the main characters there. Um, this one says, join Leia, Ray, Finn, Poe, Chewbacca, Rose, BB-8, and all the brave heroes of the Resistance in their fight against the First Order, featuring stunning retro-styled illustrations. This book includes iconic scenes from The Force Awakens, The Last Jedi, and 
The Rise of Skywalker. On sale October 4th. Woohoo. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Excited for a little golden book? No? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't have any of the little golden books. Oh, but... we always talk about them whenever these come out, and we're like, oh, these are going to be so cool. we got to get them. You never got mm-hmm. any? Mm-mm. Yeah. All right, so the Choose Your Own Destiny books are pretty cool. Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker, Choose Your Destiny, a Finn and Poe adventure. And this one is Disney Lucasfilm Press, author Kevin Scott. He's pretty mm. cool. Oh, that's good. Illustrator Elsa Charitier. Probably not sure. pronouncing that right. And so this is a chapter book, and the description says, Join Finn and Finn Poe and BB-8 on a dangerous but necessary mission for the struggling resistance. With over 20 possible outcomes, readers will have, have to choose carefully in order to keep Finn, Poe, and BB-8 safe from the evil First Order. October 4th. Yeah, I always end up choosing wrong in my stories over within like the first five pages. Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I was doing one of the Han Solo ones with Quinn, and mm. it was the same thing. We just kept running into dead ends. <laughs> The good thing is, though, because I remember doing the Choose Your Own Adventure books when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. And when you would, it was always like you would die. And it was really dark. <laughs> like, almost scary, like when you would die. And so I was kind of glad that this book wasn't quite like that. Not as traumatic. Not as traumatic for the little kids. Um, all right, so this next one is... I don't think you need to say Journey to Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker for everyone. (laughs) Okay. I think we know. (laughs) I'm not even going to say Star Wars. This next one is called Spark of the Resistance. There you go. (laughs) uh, I was thinking it. You said it. Uh, This is publisher Disney Lucasfilm Press, author Justina Ireland. This is the one she talked about. This was I Can't Say Anything Else book. uh Uh-huh. At at the publishing panel at Celebration. And illustrator Phil Noto. Cool. He's a favorite. And the description says, when a distress plea goes up from the isolated planet Minfar, resistant heroes Ray, Poe, and Rose hear the call. Together they will face down a First Order battalion, terrifying flying creatures, and a weapon that could change the course of the war. All right. Okay. So I... Brought out my galactic maps. Okay. You're going to look up something? I'm trying to find Minfar. <laughs> Minfar. I bet it's new. Oh, dang it. I just want to know where planets are, people. <laughs> but you can look it up. It's not there. Yeah. This one comes out October 4th as well. I'm excited for this one. Justina Ireland. I yeah, like, no, this I like one. Landa's this is luck. cool. I'm excited. Yeah. And the cover looks really cool. Ray, um, that Phil Noto art style um kind of black and white with some red touches to it pretty cool Mm -hmm. all right so this next one is idw publishing yay Um, and this is just journey to star wars the rise of skywalker star wars adventures (laughs) i had to say it because there wasn't another title (laughs) author john barber and michael morrissey morrissey oh cool i I know michael um and artist Derek charm and tony fleeks oh tony fleeks yeah? Yeah, nice. Tony Fleeks is big in the pony comics world. Oh, nice. So, yeah, that's exciting. Woohoo! My little pony, little pony. Uh, uh, right. so, my little pony. Oh, no, I shouldn't have done it. <laughs> oh, description is, in a series of original stories, the mighty Wookiees of Kashyyyk must defend their home against the armies of the evil First Order. Plus, R2-D2, C-3PO, and BB-8 team up on a top-secret spy adventure for the Resistance. So we got a Wookiee story and a droid story. And these are October, November, and December. Okay. Well, I want to mention this one really quick. Okay. So the ultimate, Ultimate Star Wars, which we've talked about before, and our friends Adam Bray, Cole Horton, Trisha Barr, and writer Wyndham did the original, and they have now updated it. And so it has a new edition, and they worked on it some more to give updated information including things from solo uh star wars resistance and some stuff from rise of skywalker cool that's cool yes and um fully updated comprehensive and detailed it says Mm -hmm. Uh, this one is coming out on october 4th as well 
the art of the rise of skywalker which this one was getting a lot of buzz on twitter just because of the cover Mm, yeah but you know the art of books are some of my favorites so i'm really really excited about this one and it just has those books just usually have so much behind the scenes information they almost kind of read as a behind the scenes book but then you get all that concept art along with it and Mm -hmm. the cover does look really cool it's like ray um and then there's almost like this reflective like pool i guess that she's standing over and then like kylo's there and they're fighting it's interesting but you kind of have to see it but most people probably have seen this cover uh that one comes out december 20th so that's like what is it what's the release date for what for the movie is it the 19th i don't remember so yeah so it either comes out the same day or the day after it looks like uh, which makes sense because there's probably stuff in there they don't want people to know yet and then of course they're doing a visual dictionary which of of course course is written by pablo hidalgo Uh this one's coming from dk december 20th december 20th yes the Visual Dictionary is a 200-page definitive guide to Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, revealing the characters, creatures, droids, locations, and technology from the new film. Packed All with right. 500-plus images and information, plus cross-sections of new vehicles. Hmm, interesting. There's not a cross-sections book, so I wonder if they're kind of jamming those together. Um, and then penned by Star Wars scribe Pablo Hidalgo. It's a must-have for all fans who want to go beyond the movie experience. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, did you see this one, The Galaxy Needs You? Yes. That's kind of cool looking, right? Yes, I like it's the cover. cute. Yeah. This one is Disney Lucasfilm Press. Uh, it's a hardcover picture book, so it's definitely more of a children's book, but I really, really like the art style that mm-hmm. they have here on the cover. And this one is written by uh, Caitlin Kennedy. Yeah. Illustrated by Ida Caban. Yeah, Caitlin Kennedy did the uh, the C3PO does not like sand book. Oh, okay. Nice. Yeah, it's definitely in that in that uh, style, it looks like. so. No, it doesn't look like. It's an empowering picture book. It says it right there. It is a... Well, I'll read the description. It says, have you ever stopped to think about how there is nobody else in the galaxy who is exactly like you? Yes. This empowering picture book celebrates young heroes in the making and features illustrations that follow Ray on her own hero's journey. Yay. That looks like a cool book. So, yeah. So that's not every title that's been announced, but most of the titles that were announced and the ones that we definitely wanted to highlight. Uh, I think there's some really good titles in this in this uh, publishing program. Publishing program, yes. So, so, yeah, there's at least a handful of those that I'm – really excited and would want to try to read before the movie comes out. Um, and then of course the art of book and the visual guide will, will grab as soon as the movie's out. Well, first you need to fin- finish master and apprentice. So yes. And Dooku Jedi lost. Dooku Jedi lost. And then, um, alphabet squadron. Yep, you're so behind good books. Well, I'm almost done with master and apprentice and Dooku Jedi lost. Isn't too long. So I should be okay. I'll get caught up. I'm just a little behind you. A little bit. But we have one other book that we want to talk about today. Yay! Which we, we kind of talked about it during our podcast show. Kind of. Yes, we did. Well, we didn't just talk about it. We, we just happened to get the author of it to be <laughs> on our live show at Star Wars Celebration, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to discuss kind of right with her kind of some of the things about the book and the characters. And we had a ton of fun talking to her and Bria and... And all of that. So, but now we get to kind of dig a little bit deeper into it, just you and I. Um, and I know this is this has been one of your favorites recently, right? Yes. Okay. So, um, so I'm excited to talk about it with you, and get some deeper thoughts into it. I'm guessing you want me to do the uh, publisher summary and stuff too. No, I was gonna try. Oh, you're gonna do it? All right. No, I try. I try. So Queen Shadow was published by Disney Lucasfilm Press. It was written by E.K. Johnston and released on March 5th, 2019. And the publisher's summary is as follows. The end of her reign is just the beginning. When Padme Amidala steps down from her position as Queen of Naboo, she is ready to set aside her title and return to life out of the spotlight. But to her surprise, the new queen asks Padme to continue serving their people, this time in the Galactic Senate. 
Padme is unsure about the new role, but cannot turn down the request, especially since thanks to her dearest friend and decoy, Sabe, she can be in two places at once. So while Padme plunges into politics, Sabe sets off on a mission dear to Padme's heart. On the glistening capital planet Coruscant, Padme's new Senate colleagues regard her with curiosity and with suspicion for her role in ousting the previous chancellor. Posing as a merchant on Tatooine, Sabe has fewer resources than she thought and fewer options than she needs. Together with Padme's loyal handmaidens, Padme and Sabe must navigate treacherous politics, adapt to constantly changing landscapes, and forge a new identity identity beyond the Queen's shadow. Identity. Identity is like anemone. <laughs> One of the things I can constantly hear from people is, "This is the book we've been waiting for for so long." The book we've been waiting for. Did you feel the, the same book way? We didn't know we needed. Yes. <laughs> My God. Well, you're a big so Phantom Menace fan. That's yes. your favorite movie. Yeah, the anniversary of it is well, last uh, returns Jedi, but. Phantom Menace is number two, so okay. sometimes it's tied. But the 20th anniversary is in like four days or something. Yeah? Yeah, the 19th. Nice. So this is good timing. Because mm-hmm. this book is, if you're a big fan of The Phantom Menace, or and specifically because of Padme, this is definitely a book for mm-hmm. you. Did you, I know you typically do the audiobooks. You, you did the audiobook for this one? I read it first. Okay. And then on paperback. And then, well arc paperback i guess mm-hmm. and then i did the audiobook and i had to do the audiobook because it was read by cat Tabor, who is padme in the clone wars and so i was like well i have to do that so i've actually read it twice so what do you think about because i know when ahsoka came out you know ashley did that book as well mm-hmm. what did you think about cat Tabor's performance in in queen shadow so when ahsoka did Ahsoka. When Ashley did the Ahsoka book, I mean, she is Ahsoka. It kind of threw me off a little bit. This, I it didn't because Kat's normal voice is similar to Padme, but not a hundred percent. And she does the different voices, so it could be Padme or it could be Amidala, and those have those are two different voices. Right. Because and then Amidala has to change who she is a little bit in the Senate, and so there's like. Amid- Queen Amidala, and then there's Amidala, Senate Amidala, and then there's Padme. And she kind of changes up. It's very subtle, but she does, and you can tell, and it's so cool. Yeah, I th- I actually really enjoyed her performance, and um, I actually bumped into her at the airport on the way home from Star Wars Celebration. Mm-hmm. And, and so we were talking a little bit about this book and, you know, kind of her audiobook performance, and I didn't know, though that she actually does audiobooks pretty regularly. Mm-hmm. So you could you could kind of tell when you listen to it, it didn't sound like, oh, a voice actor from The Clone Wars is doing an audiobook. It just, it sounded like every other audiobook I had ever listened to, somebody that was really comfortable doing the different voices. And I really loved how she handled the different voices because these characters are so similar, but you were still able to tell the subtle differences. And like you were saying, the differences between Amidala and Padme which is very apparent in the movie too. You know, she definitely has that really more monotone voice anytime she's playing Amidala. And I thought that Kat Tabor did that really well. So I I actually really liked her performance um, a lot throughout the entire book. I didn't really have any complaints. Yeah, and I think you made a good point about somebody who knows how to do an audiobook. I think there's people, you can either do an audiobook or you can't. You know, and Kat said that in the interview that we did with her, and she, she also said, I mean, basically, you go in to the studio and sit for eight hours and just read. Wow. And you don't do anything else. You just read. Uh, I can throw in one of the other things that she said here, but if you want to hear the full interview, uh, go over to Fangirls Going Rogue and find that interview. But she said that what she does is before – she goes in and she reads. She takes the the list of characters and she actually um, does this thing where she prints out like her cast and she casts each character as a either a cartoon character or a real actor or a character from a TV show or a movie that she thinks represents that character. And then she channels 
that particular person when she's voicing the different characters. Oh, interesting. So yeah. did she go into any detail on like who she was channeling for any of these characters? I don't remember. That's that would be cool to hear. You clearly have not listened to that episode. I have not listened to that episode, but now I will. For me, at least right at the beginning, I was I kind of lost track a little bit of some of the different handmaidens. Because mm. I feel like they really focus obviously on um, Sabe, who was kind of like the most beloved of the handmaidens, I believe is how she was described. And she yeah, had... she's like Padme's best friend. Yeah, but they, I, I was listening to some of it today and they, they described her as the most beloved. So yeah, I'm just saying that word. She's, she's her best friend. Yeah, they, I mean, she, yeah, they have the closest... Uh, friendship and closest bond out of all of them i believe Mm -hmm. Um, and that's the one that's played by kira knightley in the movie so a little bit more recognizable easier for me to remember the other names that they said i wasn't visually connecting to any other people that i saw in the movies Um, and i know like someone like bria would know all this stuff and kind of be like what you don't but for me i just never beyond padme and sabe I, i never paid attention to the rest of them so I kind of like lost track as I was going through the book and like who was which one, and especially mm-hmm. since the names were so similar. Yeah. Well, they all took names after Padme's name. Right. Which I think was kind of a cool explanation that it wasn't like all their real names, you know, and they just happened to have similar names as her. But they, out of respect to her, um, they took an, similar sounding names. Well, they all had names that were similar at the, or like similar to the name they took at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Like I forget what Sabe's real name is, but it starts. It's with an, it's with an S something, and then just changed it to Sabe. Right, and it sounded it's like a longer. It was like Sab something. So even just the first, even it was the first three close. letters were the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well. There is, I mean, you should know at least like one of the other handmaidens because she has a line in the Phantom Menace. Um, yeah, I just don't remember it because I mean, when you when I hear the names like Corday, Dorme, I hear those, those names. aren't even like the ones from the Phantom Menace. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, when I hear the names of the handmaidens, it's like, okay, I know that as a handmaiden name, I just don't know which one to connect it to. Uh, you know? well, Rabe has a line in the Phantom Menace. She tells Sabe, like she has a line. It's when, but Sabe is dressed up as the, uh, the queen. Like Rabe goes to Coruscant with her. So Rabe has a line. I don't remember what the line is, but she has a line. Okay. Yeah. But if you asked me to name all the ones that were in the book, I couldn't do it. Oh really? Yeah, I would, I would, I'd probably be able to get through some of them and then you would, say that's not one of them and that's from a different thing you know because you would catch me so i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but i mean sabe was really the one that was the focus okay were you wanting me to name them no but if you want to to show off that you know them sure okay well sabe rabe erite sashe and yane are all of the original handmaidens so those are the ones that are from when she's queen, so those are her original ones. Okay. And then Corde, Dorme, and Verse are the ones that are from when she's a senator, because she gets new handmaidens when she's a senator. Got it. And they had some. They definitely had distinct personalities. Um, you know, there was the one that was more kind of interested in art. Um, there was you know, more technical one. I mean, I, I think beyond that, I don't remember, <laughs> but <laughs> I just, okay. So I was picking so, up on like differences of the characters, but they did kind of blend together a little bit too. Yeah. Um, so, and they don't blend together for me. So that's, yeah. it's just kind of funny. So Verse is the one that's like very, very technical. Uh, she's Mariak Panaka's niece and she's a slicer essentially and so she does all of that stuff and she's around when Padme is a senator Dorme is the one that went through security training like to be a Padme or or to be a Padme well basically Mm -hmm. uh, to be a handmaiden originally when um, for the original 
handmaidens when she was queen. But she didn't make it all the way through Typho's training. So they brought her back. They brought her on when she was a senator because they felt like she would be better suited for that versus being a guard when she was queen. And she does a lot of the same stuff as Corday, a lot of outfit stuff and all of that kind of stuff, makeup, the whole thing, hair, making sure she's ready for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Corday's main main thing is she's the closest physical match of the three that were around when she's the senator. And so she does some doubling as Amidala in the book. So that's Corday. Now, Corday is killed in Attack of the Clones. Is she the one that's killed on the landing platform? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Um, so that's Corday. And then, I'm trying to think. So from the original, so Sabe is her double. Sabe is the one that was the you know most, the closest in match and in voice. And then Rabe was her wardrobe person. And then Arate... She is, like, the easiest to distinguish because of her hair. Um, They always wear their hoods up, but when she doesn't, she's actually blonde. Oh. Um, But she actually fought in the Battle of Naboo alongside Sabe, Rabe, and Padme. And then, and she's the one that's artsy. She, like, goes into, like, arts and sciences and stuff. Okay. Sashe is the youngest of all of them. And she's the one that after after they're done being the handmaidens for the queen, she goes into politics as a I forget what she is. Right. Um but she goes into politics. And then Yane uh she and then oh yeah, Sashe is the one that was kidnapped uh on on the planet. And was tortured. And she had like all the scarring and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Yane is the one in the book. Like she's all about like the kids and helping Naboo's orphans and all of that kind of stuff. Okay. Does that help? I mean, not really. That's really impressive that you remember all that. I <laughs> There's no way I would like still the big, I think it's my own issue with this kind of stuff is when things are that similar sounding, I have a hard time. Like every one of those characters you described, I remembered as being in the book, but even now I couldn't repeat back the names to you. Right. But you remember that they did those different things. Yeah. I remembered all that stuff that you described and, you know, especially the one that was into the the politics and stuff, because I remember they described at the end of the book where, um, you know, after, after Padme was killed or died, um, you know, and the empire kind of started that she would have won the election if they didn't like appoint Panaka to be the new Moff or whatever. Right. Which I thought was kind of a interesting turn for the character. Well, of... he wasn't a Moff. He was just a... No, he 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 is a Moff. I don't think they say the Did term they? Moff in the book, but like in other resources, it talks about him being the Moff. Yeah. Yeah. So he's I like... think her... Wasn't that in... It's was canon. that in? No, I know. Was that in? Reb? No, it's in another book. Yeah, it's it, in another book. It's in. It was in one of the reference guides. No, 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 no. Because there's a story. Because they go to that planet. They go there, and Panaka is there. Leia goes there. Is it in Leia, Princess of Alderaan? I, I think it, it is be. because remember because right. he because he recognizes her. Oh, that's right. You're right. I do believe uh, he did have an appearance in that book, but I'm about to. Confirm. I think it's in Leia, Princess of Alderaan. Because then he's killed. Yep. He is. Uh, he is in Leia, Princess of Alderaan. So yeah, you're okay. right. Yeah, so there is a connection there. I. Um, I like that twist for that character because that's a character that is very prominent in the Phantom Menace, and then we don't really know what happens to him after that. So to well, kind of to get that kind of a story for him, and then be like, "Oh wow, he kind of started working for the bad guys." That's an interesting twist. 
Well, it's not that he really started working for the bad guys per se. It's the fact that he had a totally different outlook on the way that things should be on Naboo. And he had a major falling out with Padme because Padme opted for a non-peaceful solution to things moving forward in regards to protection of the planet. And he and her did not get along with that at all. And so she and him fell out. And so it kind of makes sense that he would side with someone that was different from her. I mean, I guess he he's probably one of those situations where he wasn't necessarily you know, realizing what the Empire was going to become. And he thought he was right. joining something good, but ultimately something that became bad. Um, so I don't right. think he's necessarily a bad person, but unfortunately he chose the wrong side. And I, I thought it was interesting that they introduced his wife as well, mm-hmm. who was kind of, you know, he was kind of retiring in a way uh, at the beginning of this book. And, you know, she was taking over for him. Right. So that was that was interesting to kind of get to know, you know, his wife. And I think he, it's funny how these, the men on Naboo have just such weird names. Quarsh. Panaka or Sheev Palpatine. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it's funny names. Well, there's some other cool connections in this book specifically for the Clone Wars, which I thought was really neat. They talk about Rush Clovis and Mina Bonteri, which when I was reading this, I had to go and like refresh my mind on these two. Yeah, Rush Clovis, I remembered right away because he well, was Well, I that. remembered him. But I was trying to remember if I remember the right thing. It's this episode where they go and they're in like this room with like these really like plush couches. And he's like this just rich, gaudy guy that's like flirting with her, like right in front of Anakin, I think. Yeah. There's some episodes of the Clone Wars where that happens. Right. Yeah. And Anakin gets super jealous and then they end up getting into a fight, like a mm-hmm. fist fight. Uh, th- and I was kind of. This kind of gives a little bit of backstory to that because you see when Padme and Rush meet mm-hmm. and you see the beginnings of what could have become a relationship, but then you quickly realize that Padme is not really that into it. Like she's mm-hmm. kind of like maybe, and then she quickly is like, no, I'm not, I don't really like him that way. But I think it didn't matter because to, to Clovis, he was probably thinking it was, it meant way more, which oh, sometimes guys did, tend to do. He tried to, kiss her right and so i think by the time you get to clone wars and you have anakin there that anakin's picking up on this like wait why is this guy so into her and like he's acting like they had a relationship in the past and then padme's like he's just my friend (laughs) so um yeah i was i was it was kind of cool to get a little bit of background to that episode of clone wars Mm -hmm. and then mina monteri i mean that kind of it helps explain a lot of things like you can even in this book she's a little twisty Mm-hmm. And, you know, the separate separatists, which end up happening, you know, she ends up joining them. So you can kind of see the beginnings of that. And even in a way, her trying to get Padme to start thinking that direction, too. Yeah, right out the beginning. And was there like a part where Padme overhears? Like yeah, a she call overhears her and Dooku or something. Two, two times. Okay. Two times. Yes. Yeah. I think that was my favorite thing about this book was these type of references and connections and just getting a little bit more information. I, like, I really, like, when I saw the name, you know, Mina Bonteri and Rush Clovis, and even seeing Bail Organa and Mon Mothma being in it a lot, it was kind of cool uh, just to think, oh, yeah, like, these are all really important characters in other other parts of the story, and, and they're kind of weaving it into this book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and I... I actually really like the entire plot of the book. I like that it's looking at how Padme is trying to adjust to being a senator versus being a queen and how she has to figure out what's going to work for her to be able to navigate that landscape because it's totally different while being kind of in a weird way similar, but it's completely different. And having to change people's public opinion of her. Because in The Phantom Menace, we're like, yeah, she's amazing and all this stuff. And we think she has a great public opinion. But when you really think about it, what she did was kind of treasonous, really, to basically circumvent 
the entire Senate and fight for what she wanted without the consent of, you know, the majority of the star systems is pretty crappy. You know, when you pull out of it, you pull out of it from just being on the side of the Naboo, you know, it's like, yeah, you kind of did do a really crazy thing that not a lot of people would be happy about you with, you know, she's the new Senator in town. And the only thing people remember her for is that vote of no confidence, you know? Yeah. And that probably ticked off a lot of people that were on his side, you know, his his side of the aisle. So even even at the beginning when she first meets Bale, he's kind of trying to feel her out and see how serious she is, you know. Is this, mm-hmm. you know, someone I can work with? He doesn't right away embrace her. Um, no. You know, he, she's really got to earn his trust. And it was a cool process to follow. Mon Mothma was harder for her, though. Mm-hmm. Like, Bale warmed up to her pretty quick, but Mon Mothma took a while. Right. And even at by the end, I know in the, the epilogue, Sabe is still kind of like criticizing Mon Mothma and some of her methods. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know that even though Padme and Mon Mothma ended up becoming friends and working together, I, th- I think they still had differences in opinion on a lot of the, the, the policies and stuff. Well, and about how they were would go about things, but right. ultimately, we know Padme would have been on the side of the rebellion. Oh, definitely. You know? So, yeah, but you know, there's just there's so much cool stuff happening in here. I mean, we get a whole lot more detail about the purposes of all the different parts of the outfits, and that like the dresses are made in a certain way to have purposes. <laughs> You know, like block blaster fire. Yeah. And like all kinds of stuff. That's way cool, you know, and just getting all of that and, and understanding for me, like really understanding what all the handmaidens do and what their purpose is and how how Padme interacts with all of them and what the dynamic is between them and everything like that was really, really interesting, too, you know, and balancing friendship with service at the same time. Yeah. It's and- also something that I found really interesting. And one of the most memorable things about Padme and Queen Amidala in The Phantom Menace is the way she dresses. And it's almost, you know, it's so over the top and almost borderline ridiculous, some of the outfits that she wears. But then as you're reading this book and you kind of get that context behind it, and there's such there's a purpose to it, you know, the idea of them wanting to switch out and, you know, that as part of the way that they could, you know, do espionage and how they can protect her. And so you don't want it to be something where, people are paying attention to the face. So they're paying attention to everything else around it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, wow, that's like, that makes so much more sense when you see it from that lens. And then also the fact that it, you know, the the weave of the, the dress is blaster resistant. So it actually protects her from assassination and, and there's weapons built into it and things like that as well. So it's it, now when you go back and watch The Phantom Menace, which I haven't done since I read this book, but the next time I watch it, it's going to be like, oh, now I'm going to see it in a whole different light. Well, and it'll be like that for the other two movies with all of the rest of the stuff that she's wearing when she's at the Senate because mm-hmm. they're, they're still doing that. I mean, and even down to like hairstyle and the way things are done and certain ways that makeup is put on and stuff to help to convey a certain, you know, a certain look or a certain attitude. I mean, it's the same way that makeup is done like in the real world, you right. know, same kind of thing. But also, stuff is designed and the, the handmaiden's clothes are designed in a certain way to help them blend in and to help them be able to hear and overhear conversations and do all this, like, espionage kind of stuff that they do mm-hmm. that, like, the common person doesn't even realize that they're doing, which I think is just just incredible that they were able to flesh all of that out so much. And then I also really liked the kind of things that they they had Padme stand for, you know, which, um, slavery. I mean, this is, there's another big point in the book. She's trying to find Anakin's mom. Yeah. And she can't find him. And, uh, that's what Sabe's doing. She's trying to, she's freeing slaves, but, but she's also trying to find Shmi Skywalker and she can't find her. And even down to like, they go to Watto's place and he's not there. Right. Then in Attack of the Clones, Anakin goes there and he finds him. So, I mean, at some, I guess at some point around this time she was sold. Right. Like I think Kleeg Lars already had her at this point, mm-hmm. and she, so she was 
you know, she was living with Klieg and not, not a slave anymore, but Sabe wasn't able to find her because she was looking for a slave. And I think mm-hmm. that was part of the problem. And maybe Wada was on vacation <laughs> back, but... <laughs> But there was a kind of a cool little Easter egg because she said they said when the, she went to the house, there was a a little like symbol of a white sun. Uh, on the door or above the door mm-hmm. or something, and that's in in the Lars, um, uh, Beru Beru's last name is White Sun, so mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of a cool little Easter egg. Uh, that they dropped that's there. Cool. So yeah, so yeah, sadly she was really bothered by the fact that she couldn't find her. Because she did want to go and free the slaves as many as possible from Tatooine. But when Sabe went there, she wasn't able to do as big of a work as she wanted. And she was only able to save like 25 slaves, I think, that first time she went. And, um, you know, that really, that was such a big thing for both Sabe and uh, for Padme to not be able to accomplish that. And it was really, they were really bothered by it. Well, and then the other thing is that Palpatine kept saying that he had anti-slavery legislation that he was trying to push through in the Senate, but then it just kept not going through and kept not going through. And I was like, well, of course it's not going to go through. He's an ass. (laughs) He doesn't really care. (laughs) He doesn't care. Yeah. So, and there was so much that she, that's when you start to think about how sad her untimely death really was. Not only that you lose such a, you know, powerful potential character, but then the fact that, um, you know, just the potential of her where she talks about the fact that she eventually wants to be a mother and she, you know, obviously dies right before that. And then all the other things that she kind of had planned and the work that she was going to do is, you know, it's just gone now because, Oh, I know. And I think that makes it so much more tragic because, you know, we didn't get like we everyone's been saying, I've been waiting, you know, so long for this book. This is the book I've been waiting for. And because we didn't get a ton of history with her character, this is kind of the first time where we can really dig into that stuff and get a little bit more impo- emotional impact. Not that her death didn't have an emotional impact, but now after reading this book, it has even bigger of an impact. Well, and you brought up something about her wanting to be a mother you get to meet her family which is amazing you get to meet her mom and her dad and her sister and her sister has baby and they have all these conversations about having a family and all of this stuff and she does say that one thing about like she'd want to have a baby but she doesn't think she could have twins Mm -hmm. and which is just so funny but uh it's just it's cool to see her interact and you see her shift from padme Amidala to Padme Nibiru, which is her real last name. And and then Kat Tabor does a switch again with her voice, you know, and takes her to this total place where she has no guards up. She's completely herself. And you can hear it in Kat's voice. You can feel it. It's totally different. Right. We didn't talk about Sabe's, uh, the the guard that she was with a lot. Um, what was his name? Captain Tonra. Tonra. Uh, and they had, Her you know, boyfriend. <laughs> well, on and off, you... on and off boyfriend. Oh yeah. I mean, they definitely had a relationship. And then when you read the epilogue, you can tell that they have gone their own ways, but still have a really close friendship and then end up together at the end where they're going to be traveling, uh, together, which I actually find, Sabe's story very interesting in kind of how it ends mm-hmm. in this book because there is a lot of potential for her and I know, what they could like do with her character. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I feel like if there is a sequel to this book, it's going to be a Sabe book. Uh, Tanra will be a part of it. And you have that conversation right there at the end where she gets that call from Bail Organa. Mm-hmm. And you don't really know, like literally that's where the book ends and it cuts off. Like you don't hear what they talk about. You don't know what he's proposing to her, if he's going to try to get her to join, you know, a rebellion or if he's looking for a fulcrum that he can work with or something that I think is a cool little, just leave that door open, you know, if you want to have this story continue. And Sabe, mm-hmm. I think, is a really, really interesting character to do that with. Oh, I totally agree. I absolutely agree, and I would love another book, but we did ask E.K. about that, and she said she didn't think she would be the one to write it. Hmm. Yeah. So maybe she, maybe they already are thinking about the possibilities, and maybe they already have another author they're thinking of, but 
I think Maybe. that'll be the potential for that second book um, has me excited more for this story, you know, because I think this book on its own for me as a reader wasn't as strong as some of the other novels that I've read, but I think the potential of it continuing is something I am excited about. Oh yeah. No, this was 10 out of five stars for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I loved it. I just love getting to dive into that history and to know more. It's like this complete backstory of stuff that I've wondered for since I was like 14. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so I I love this book. Love it. Cool. All right. Well, is there anything else that you wanted to bring up from the book before we wrap up? I don't think so. I want a sequel. But other than that, <laughs> I also want a sequel to Lost Stars, but we still haven't gotten that. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe we'll get those soon. Maybe. Which one would you want more? Lost Stars. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. What about you? Um, I think I would want Lost Stars more. Yeah, that's the one. I feel like that one actually more so than this one really left you hanging. Oh, with some yeah. of those characters, and it's totally. almost it's almost cruel not to give a sequel. Whereas this one does have does feel like it ends well and if they didn't do more you're like okay but they left the door open but that book it felt like they're they were setting you up for a sequel and it just never happened so hopefully it ends well padme dies i mean it's it ends in a way that feels final which <laughs> yeah. usually death is <laughs> no, I know. usually unless you're darth maul right yeah or palpatine apparently well we don't know what context he's coming back in so this is true Jeffrey Payne on Facebook says, This one was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that Mon and Bale didn't immediately bring her into the fold of their group, and getting to see the relationship develop was interesting. I also liked that this book didn't have a ton of action sequences and was pretty exciting to read. Definitely a fantastic addition to Padme's character development, as well as The Handmaidens, Sabe even more so! Exclamation point. Oh, let's see. Okay, uh, Ryan Parker. I enjoyed reading something set in the prequel era again. While I wouldn't say anything of super great consequence took place in the story, it filled in the gaps of what it was like for Padme to transition from queen to senator. So it was an interesting bridge between episodes one and two. Really thought this was about... Really, though, this was about fleshing out her handmaidens as actual characters and what their bond was like. Thank you, Ryan Parker. Yes. We actually got a... A comment from one of your co-hosts on Fangirls Going Rogue. Well, keep going. We're reading. I'm trying to find it. We're reading. Uh, okay, oh, so... Um, Sarah. Um, Sarah from Fangirls Going Rogue says, Thought it was good, but the epilogue was really confusing. Liked seeing into the world of these teenage young women taking on the world. Hmm, I wonder what Sarah was confused about in the epilogue. Well, to be fair, Sarah gets confused we'll a lot. We'll have to ask her. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda Reynolds, I love the politics of this novel. Me too. It took 20 years for us to get the story, and I'm so happy we did. It told us so much about Padme's growth into the senator that we know with room for future content on both sides. Definitely one of my favorites. Red heart emoji. And Nicole Olmstead on Twitter says, I really enjoyed it. I'm hoping E.K. Johnson has plans for more Padme. So maybe a prequel? Maybe one just before she dies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Christopher Lutz on Facebook in our group says the character development was definitely the highlight Sabe was moved up in my favorite female character list for sure a total BA if I had one issue it was the plot I felt it was somewhat inconsequential and it was not what was originally advertised other, other than that it was an excellent read well E.K. Johnson does say that she doesn't write plot <laughs> Jeez. I have heard her say it <laughs> so Steve Carley says I really enjoyed it Loved how it covered her development into a senator and the jobs of the other handmaidens. Honestly loved the ending, and that's not how I expected it to end. I highly recommend it to any Star Wars fan. And Jennifer Sipes said, I still haven't gotten that one. My daughter couldn't remember that one, so told hubby about Master Enterprise. <laughs> <laughs> that's a perfect way to end it. Oh, that was great. <laughs> All right, well, that brings us to the end of the show. You can find us on Twitter at SWBookworms. You can email us, StarWarsBookworms at gmail.com. We'd love to know your input on any of the things that we've been covering lately. Uh, the Rise to Skywalker, whatever it's called, <laughs> journey. Um, 
you know, this book, Queen Shadow, we can't talk anymore. It's late. <laughs> so, but we'd love to hear from you. And if you email us, we will read it on the show. Yes. Do you think we're crazy for going to Galaxy's Edge? Yeah, Tell us. Sure. We'd like to know that too. Uh, uh, there's another possibility, Aaron. What? If they email us, mm-hmm. maybe we send them a hundredth episode commemorative button. Oh yeah, we did. We did save edition. some of those. Yeah. So if you email us, and it's good, mm-hmm. <laughs> and not just one sentence, and we read it on the show, then we will send you a limited edition Star Wars Bookworms hundredth episode anniversary button, and we will get in touch with all of those people who do that. So you better email us, and be one of the first ones to do it. <laughs> and then you can find us on Facebook or facebook.com slash Star Wars Bookworms and we have a Facebook group make sure you just search for groups on Facebook Star Wars Bookworms and answer the questions that pop up yes and you can find us on Apple Podcasts if you haven't left us a review yet we would love for you to do that uh, you can find Teresa on Instagram and Twitter at Ice Cold Penguin you can find me at AV Goins and until next time Keep on reading, and may the Force be with you.